it be nice if you could order your own weather? Let, let, let's be serious for a moment. How exactly has our modern subscription society impacted weather media? We're going to get in there today, I promise. Welcome to What Is It About the Weather podcast, where we explore the many ways that weather intertwines itself into our lives. I'm your host, Mark Jelanek, and you heard it. Weather subscriptions, that's where we're going today. But before we get there, as always, I hope you're having some good weather. You know, I've been actually, I don't know, it's kind of been a lull for some of the things that the past few years have been a busy time for me. So those who know me, and for those that don't, I do spend a lot of time working with tropical cyclones, particularly forecasting around the North Atlantic. But just in general, we've had kind of a lull period. And that's normal. (laughs) Okay. Just be aware that that's normal. And quite often this time of year, however, in the last couple of years, we've started to, we've either had a lot going on or things have been kicking off early and it's been relatively quiet and I'm, and I'm okay with that. I'm good with that. You know, having a normal season or even a below normal season, all that's good. And there's some reasons that it, it was forecasted to be very busy. And so, you know, I've, I hear a lot of forecasters going though. I'm okay with that. I, 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 we could use a quiet season, so if we get one wrong, it's okay. But not everybody forecasted a busy season this year. But a lot of times, it's, it happens in weather forecasting too. You know, there's this push that if someone says, okay, it's going to be really busy, that everybody else kind of looks at their forecast, even if it's not, and goes, well, I don't know, well, what should I say, and that kind of stuff. So we are, just like everything else, we are influenced and pay attention to what those are around us are saying, and it's okay to have a different forecast. You just need to be able to explain why you have a different forecast. Completely reasonable thing to do. Also been thinking about vacation weather. Actually, by the time you guys listen to this, I probably, I don't know, I I may even be back from my vacation. I don't know. I won't, you're not going to get my vacation weather on, on this episode by any means, but I've been planning and, you know, as I was laughing that, uh, People always ask me, you know, how do I look at stuff that's longer range and plan a, a weather forecast when I'm going to be gone for a while? Because this is real for me too, right? So I get these things sometimes where dealing with the realities of, you know, you got to go somewhere and you're going to be gone for a period of time and you got to pack a few days beforehand. And while you might be able to get those first few days covered in, in reasonable forecast, you know, the end of your forecast, you may, may not know what it's going to be like. And so what do I do? Well, I do like the rest of you do. I hopefully look at some sort of climatology and say, all right, what's it could be like and do my best to plan accordingly. You know, I'm going to go to a place that hopefully is a little cooler. Those that know me shouldn't be surprised by that. And hopefully that, you know, it treats me well and that it is cooler, but I'll be prepared if it ends up being a little warmer or a little cooler. That's just the way it rolls. And I'm also thankful that I'm not going to do it on an airplane because, nah, just not doing that yet. And it's less about COVID and more about the chaos that is airline travel right now. And I'll take my chances in a car. <sighs> the other thing I wanted to mention, and you know, we talked about foods and you know, talk, got into taters, right? But one of the things that I also like in summertime or particularly around this time of year, we're kind of at the end of the season, is cherries. I love cherries. And 
I also like when they finally come down in price that uh, is tolerable. And in this inflation era, that's uh, that's a little different than what it was before. But it finally, I was at Costco this week and, and picked up a couple of bundles of cherries. And it was like, you know, I'll sit down and eat them in a couple sitting sort of thing. But nonetheless, that's that's one of those other fruits, right? That's, you know, it's interesting because you so many fruits now we get where you can get them year round. And that probably has something to do with the way some of it's when it's harvested, some of it in how they can do quick chill storage and hold on to it. But I don't think cherries do that as well. And I had the same thing. I used to, one of the things I liked about living in South America is I, it would give me a couple times of year to enjoy cherries. Cause actually in Chile, they had, I, I remember working um, on a campus near Santiago and someone just came in with a huge box of cherries, like from a cherry tree on their property. And those that don't know, living in around Santiago, it's not uncommon for people. I mean, I had an orange tree in my yard, but people in and around the vicinity, not too far away, it wasn't uncommon for them to have different fruits and they'd bring, everybody bring stuff in and share. And it was really kind of one of those nice things that they brought in and share these huge quantities of cherries, no cost. Right. And so I'm, I, I miss that. But the other thing that is very different now in the U S grocery stores is, you know, it's a bag of cherry. You don't get to pick them, but in Chile, it was still, people would stand around this big bin and pick out the cherries, you know, individual cherries. My, my process was a little different. I'd scoop up a bunch and, and, pick out one or two that I didn't want. So maybe I got a couple of bad ones, but I kind of missed that. Any case, let's get back to the weather. I hope before I get into the depths of the episode that you are having some good weather. I'm, I'm still, you know, it's still summertime. It's still not my favorite time of year from a temperature standpoint, but there's no doubt that I enjoyed the vast opportunities that are available to me to do other things. Right, let me know how your summer's going. I wish to hear from you. What is about the weather at gmail.com? Just let me know. Let me know if there's some weather-related thing you want to share. And it doesn't even have anything to do with summer. Be, be, uh, I'd welcome the opportunity to get updates. Summer's always kind of a slow time in the, in, I think in most spaces, you know, it's where shows traditionally went on break. And even in the podcast space, I know a lot of people that go on vacation and that sort of thing that are producers as well. So, I know it's a slow time, but as always, like to hear from you guys and would be interested to know how weather is impacting your lives. All right, we're going to get into subscriptions and we're going to talk about the Avenger movie. All right, not the Avengers that you think of that's become, you know, kicked off the Marvel Cinematic Universe dominance for the last, I don't know, 10 years or whatever it's been in the, in the movie space. But the Avengers movie that came out in the late 90s that was built around this idea of the Avengers TV series that happened, I think it was in the 1960s. It was actually even before I was born. That's old, right? But in any case, the idea was pretty simple. It was, it was a kind of a espionage spy sort of thing. But the, the movie that came out had, I think it was Ralph Fiennes that played the, the kind of the good guy, you, you know, the British spy still, if you will. And Uma Thurman was in it. And I think Sean Connery, if I recall, was the main bad dude in it. But the, what was the reason I'm even talking about it? it the whole idea, and, and I let in with this thing, was that it was about ordering weather, right? I mean, that was the front of what they did. And so they could manipulate the weather and give you any kind of weather you liked. And, and I do hope someday that I see that transpire in some way where you can 
go and do these sort of things. I know it's not going to happen on a global scale. Well, I shouldn't say I know that. I'm not sure it'd be a good thing if we could do it on a global scale. In some ways it would, but just the power that you can imagine that one, it would take to do it, and two, that the wrong hands, how dangerous it could be. But at the same time, while we can't subscribe to the weather, we can subscribe to a variety of services more than ever before. And this has nothing to do with weather. You know, it used to be that we had cable television, a few other things. But subscriptions weren't necessarily a big part of our life in terms of our visual media. And even probably in terms of our audio media. So you had radio stations, you listened to it. You had television stations, they were a small subset. Most of them were advertiser-supported. And then cable television came about, and then things even like satellite radio came out. And so you had this groupings, but it was still a relatively small subset. And then with smartphones and increased bandwidth and all these things, that has changed quite drastically. But back in the day, if you subscribe to something, it was magazines and newspapers. So we've had subscriptions for a long time, right? It was different types of things we subscribed to. And let's be clear, people used to subscribe to a variety of magazines and maybe even a couple of newspapers. You maybe got your Sports Illustrated and you got your New York Times, whatever it was, doesn't matter. You, you had all these things that were coming into your home. And we forget about that with our modern subscription thing. And the reason we're kind of thrown off by it is Let's be clear, back in, in the beginning when print media started, it was controlled by a fewer number of people. So more choices are always good, but it can be confusing for us. And when cable television came out, in the beginning it was a few channels. And most of it, the way the model worked is these channels charged the cable operators a certain amount of money. And there used to be so many more cable operators, not just a few companies. And they were you know, had all these areas all over the country. And they would pay a fee for, let's say, to get ESPN and the Weather Channel, of course, amongst others. And that's how it worked. But there wasn't a lot of advertising on these things. And I remember when my family first got cable TV. And I remember turning on ESPN and they had like collegiate women's volleyball games going on. And I could leave that on in the background. But it was just so, it was such a novel thing that it was interesting to me. But of course, then came the Weather Channel, and I could leave that on for just hours on end, and it would be in the background. Because let's be clear, a lot of times, there's just not real weather to get into the minutiae of. Yes, you forecast, and yes, you know what it's going to be like in Miami versus what it's going to be like in Istanbul versus what it's going to be like in Beijing versus what it's going to be like in Sydney. It's all going to be different, right? But you got to play to your audience. And in the beginning, the Weather Channel was very much U.S.-centric, but that changed over time. And even as the whole you know, at its peak, right, was about the time that I was in grad school. And actually, somebody I went to grad school with, Mark Elliott, who is actually just recently he's leaving the weather channel full-time the television weather channel full-time and is going to work in what I would call the commercial space he's going to still do some fill-in and it is still doing some fill-in on, on the weather channel from time to time but he was in the radio portion of it back then so that's the thing I mean I've known people that worked in the weather channel and it was just this it was a huge thing right and we all know that but over time and particularly as Cable started to come under fire from other sources. So we were watching YouTube and all this stuff, even before the subscription part took off. We were watching all these things and all that stuff. And they started doing things that weren't, to me, weren't weather. And so I kind of stopped watching the channel in a lot of aspects because of that. Not that that wasn't 
interesting television to somebody, I didn't find it to be very weathery. And that was one of the reasons I watched the Weather Channel back in the day anyway. So it even went from this, something I could leave on the background. And the ads didn't, once they started doing more ads, it didn't really bother me as long as the weather was coming up. But again, cable television moved from that model because they were trying to survive. They started doing more channels with ads. The fees got ridiculous. And part of that was, you know, places like ESPN who used to cover a little more, a little less of the the big sports were doing these big contracts and they had, you know, it, it just became a process. But then we get to, again, these modern devices and we've got all these different ways to receive media, if you will. And so as I mentioned, when the Weather Channel Plus was going to come out, I'd subscribe. So I did. All right. That, that's what led to this. And subscribe to it. And let me tell you, it's hard to do. I was surprised how difficult it is to do. And part of this has to do with the fact that the Weather Channel, the TV station, is not the Weather Channel app that you look at, which was bought by IBM back back in the day. The whole thing was still together. But the television part got spun off, right? And this all had to do with a you know, kind of a consolidation that happened. But the front end, the media, what you see is the Weather Channel kind of website and all that stuff. It, it's it's still confusing today. You can buy a Weather Channel subscription that's part of the app because you can get the app on your phone and you can pay for their premium thing or you can buy this Weather Channel Plus, which is something completely different. Just know that going in on this stuff. But I, okay, so in any case, let's subscribe to it. And I was struck immediately by how little weather was on the channel, like just watching the TV stream. Now, what I did like about the app is it gave you a way to like put in your local thing. And, and I'm talking about the television thing because that was the whole reason I subscribed was to see it on a big screen and be able to watch it. And so you could pull up your local forecast or you can kind of go into the maps and look at the maps and that sort of thing and have the TV part on in, you know, kind of split screen sort of thing or, you know, picture in a picture. And that's fine too. I'm fine with that. But I was struck. I watched it for a while. And it wasn't even necessarily one of the times when they had another show on. And they still do. They have these shows that are, yeah, maybe tangentially related to weather. But it's not weather per se. And But it was during this session that was supposed to be weather, you know, reporting sort of thing, that between ads and stories that had nothing to do with weather or seemed to have nothing to do with weather, it's like, where's the weather? And then I went and did the same thing. The other one that you know I mentioned back when I talked about this stuff a few minutes ago was Fox Weather. And the Fox Weather thing. So the, the Weather Channel one, you actually have to subscribe. And now when I mentioned it before, they talked about having these other channels. I didn't see those yet. Maybe they, that will come out. But this initial service, at least the Weather Channel Plus, is it's just this Weather Channel piece. So I went and pulled down the Fox Weather app. And it's free, but it didn't give you anything but the, the feed of the channel. Now kind of consistent with the Fox mantra. It was America's weather. Now, I'm not sure I followed that because they had the same thing between advertisements and the stories that had nothing to do with weather. There was very little weather coverage. Now, I watched them both over multiple days and at different times of the day, different days of the week. And yes, weather did eventually come in. But I was surprised again and again how often I felt like I wasn't really seeing weather. Now, I think that's just a sign of the times. And what it says to me is, I think a couple of things. One is it's harder to keep attention spans and all that kind of stuff. And maybe it'd be the same for me that I would find that if it was all weather, I would find it boring or, or probably that they wouldn't get enough eyeballs and they need it for the advertising, that sort of thing. I get that. But maybe that means it's not for me. There's another service out there called Weather Nation 
TV that came, it's been around for a while that I actually find is a little more weather oriented. It truly is like weather stuff. So if you're interested, you can pull that down for free on, on most of, I think it's on most of the platforms now. So you can give any of those a try. Would I tell you not to do the Weather Channel subscription? It's like $2.99 a month. Give it a try. I mean, if you really like the Weather Channel and you don't, give it a look-see. Probably not for me. None of these were really for me. But I think what I'd like and what other people, you know, it's one of those things that if you gave me a TV wall, like, you know, that was a huge wall with a bunch of different TVs, weather would always be in there somewhere. Would I have it be the only thing? No, probably not. And do I think all, like I said, do I think all this other reporting's bad? No. But too often, it really isn't about the weather. And so, you know, what they do is they try to work weather in the story. It's kind of like, well, it's like podcast, right? It's like this podcast is not, I'm, I'm not doing weather forecast. I'm, I'm talking about this mix, but I'm very clear on that. I don't sell this as, you know, when I do the intros, I don't say, well, this podcast is about weather forecasting. That, that's not what the deal is. But I guess historically, when I think about these other things, if something calls itself Fox Weather, those sort of things, or, or the Weather Channel, particularly like the Weather Channel, I knew it is something, and it's not that anymore. So part of it is me, part of it is them, and that's okay. We just move on and do different things. And it's the same thing with podcasts. I do something where I talk about the weather element, but it's not the focus of the podcast. Yet there's plenty of podcasts you can go out there. There's forecast podcasts that you can get, and they can get some of them for local where you are, and some of them talk a little bit more about the weather specifically. There's ones that have been around, like Weather Brain's been around for years and years and years, and the whole idea of that podcast is they're very focused on weather, and yes, they get into other topics, but it still very much comes back. It's a group of people that are meteorologists. Again, multiple ones, Stormfront Freaks, they're still around, do the same sort of thing. They spend a lot of time talking about weather and weather events, right? And that's the beauty of it. Podcasts the same way. The, the benefit you have is most often I've not seen any, and there probably are some that are behind a paywall. Most of them kind of the same model I have. I look forward to the people that do support the podcast because it's made it feasible for me to do it without it being a money loser. And therefore, I might not have done it, you know, had that not been the case for, you know, a few people stepping up for the benefit of everybody. But, you know, again, it's a new media and there's an opportunity there, Right. And it's the same thing. You can, I can see plenty of people that do forecast. <laughs> some of them are crazy. Some are legit, legitimate on things like YouTube and those sort of things. But a couple of other things to think about if you really want to work into your subscription, right? So if we stay focused on the idea of subscriptions for a minute. There are apps out there that are worthy of subscribing to. There are free ones that a lot of people get. And for many people, that's all you need. But one for example that I use is called Radar Scope. And this really is, it's a tool focused in the United States, right? That does, gives you essentially real-time data for the different NOAA radar locations around the, the U.S. But it also has lightning dating and those sort of things. And I actually use it as a forecasting tool, both for my own personal use, but also when I'm watching real-time weather for other people cost me $9 a month. There are more sophisticated packages you can get. And if you're using it in a commercial environment, you know, it's going to cost more. But for what I use it for, right, for, you know, a friend who's going to ask me about X or Y, or when I'm looking at stuff from me, it's perfect, right? Works out well. And you, like I said, you can subscribe to the Weather Channel Premium. It never hurts to try these things. The key to always remember is what have you subscribed for? Never buy the year up front if you have that option is what I tell most people. Yes, it's probably a deal to buy the year, but make sure you like it first. Because I've seen them, 
the challenge is you get used to something, then it goes away. And if, for instance, there was somebody sent me this one, I think it's called Vertuski or something like that, that, you know, Dark Sky was one that everybody liked and it had a little premium thing and then Apple bought it and it kind of went away. And so this was one, I, I do like apps that take the time to visually, you know, particularly on a small device, represent the weather well. And this is one that, you know, someone forwarded it to me and I'm taking a look at. And they have a premium package too. Might I subscribe? If I think it's good enough, I might, right? And I also, I'm going to put links in the show notes actually to two websites. I, I find weather on a mobile device still is somewhat limited, right? And there are times I definitely want it on my computer screen or a bigger screen. And there are two websites, one called Tropical Tidbits. If you like tropical cyclones and following those sort of things, it's a great site for getting all the models, and actually it's great for just weather in general. If you know what you're looking at, you can do that. A second one is called Pivotal Weather. Again, great for the computer models. These sites are really geared towards people that are into weather. So if weather's your thing and you want to try some sites, both of them have the ability to support them. You can get a lot for free. You can get more for paying, but it gets into that same sort of thing. Both of these are very worthwhile services that... You have the opportunity to support if you feel it's worth it, but thankfully, a lot of, you know, they continue to produce this good work and it's good models. I throw them out there as just another kind of subscription thing that you can take a look at. There's so many worthwhile things, right? And I think the real answer to any of these tools, whether it's something on your television, whether it's something on your smartphone or on your computer screen, right? That, that generally speaking, it never hurts to try it for a month. Just make sure that you're in a setup that you know you'll unsubscribe and not get stuck in that. And I think we run into that problem with anything, right? But just remember, when you're reviewing your subscription list, there's much more to weather than the weather itself. <laughs>